Blog Talk Radio. Sponsored by WomenSpeakers.com, the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, you're listening to Marnie's Friends. Welcome, welcome. This is Marnie Swedberg, and welcome to another edition of Marnie's Friends. This time we're going to be talking about how to make your next book big, and this is a great show for those of you who have already written books or are thinking of writing one or have one ready to go. Our guest today, Steve Kidd, is going to help us understand what readers really want from a book, um, some of the modern-day credentials that allow potential clients to know, like, and trust you as an author fast, what having a best-selling book can do for you, why it's easier than ever to get your book published, how to judge your actual influence, why the boxes of books in the garage is a plague of the past and how great that is, how to get your information found and not lost inside of your book, what to do if you don't have time to write a book, or you haven't been able to finish your book, and how to define a short read book and why they're the most effective, plus how to become a best-selling author. Our guest today is Steve Kidd, and as a result of working with him and his wife, Kathy, over 100 people in the last five months have become best-selling authors. Steve is a third-generation minister and business coach who has been selling since he was five He spent the last 28 years coaching business people how to discover and shine their unique brilliance with the world to grow their business presence by as much as 8,000%. You can learn more about him and Kathy over at wehelpyouthrive.com. Welcome to you, Steve. Hi. How are you doing today, Marnie? I'm great, and I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Well, it's kind of an interesting, you know, you guys have been doing marketing and helping people get the word out about their ministries and businesses for a long time. And even, I know, Kathy's worked like with Coca-Cola and other kind of big names working on branding and things like that. And now you're helping people get the word out with their books. And so when did that shift come for you and how did that come about? Well, it kind of snuck up on us, you know, so for years as a marketing company, we have, uh, you know, just known some credentials that people need in modern society in order to be seen as an authority. And so we would do things like, for example, take content they already had and make a book for them, make it a bestseller, and then just put it on their website for them and put a logo up that says, you know, this person is an Amazon bestselling author. Um, And then they'd be like, well, how did that happen? It's like, oh, we did it for you. And then we'd move on. You know, that's just (laughs) some of the service we did for our clients. (laughs) Um, wow. Kathy was actually meeting with one of our coaches and, and, and she was going through this whole list of, you know, well, can you do this? Can you do that? And uh, we and she mentioned the making people bestselling authors. And she's like, wait a minute, you have got to begin to uh, sell that as a one off system to people. And so wow. um, it's been about a year since that conversation and about six or seven months since we started into making people bestsellers on purpose as opposed to just part of a bigger marketing program. That is just incredible. That's really amazing. And I know in your bio you said over 100 people have become best-selling authors in the past five months using the system. That's just incredible. So I am so curious to dive in, and I'm sure you guys are too, and to hear what Steve has to say to us today. So basically let's start with number one because people aren't going to buy a book unless it has the information or the content they want. So what do people really want from a book? Well, People, uh, you know, and, and even outside of the book, but especially in a book, people are thinking about what's in it for me. 
That is the key of why we look for information. Um, so right now, I tell people, I tell my potential authors this all the time, I can guarantee you there is somebody on Google right now that's searching for something that you already have the answer for. In fact, you probably know it so well that when you talk about it, your kids roll their eyes because you've talked about it so much. Um, <laughs> and yet we discount that because it's just easy for us, you know, mm -hmm. um, and, and it's it's it can be something that a person struggles so deeply with in their own life. Uh, and that's really what they want. They, they're looking for a solution to whatever I'm dealing with right now. Hmm. That's so interesting. And you talk about this best-selling book being one of the modern day credentials that um, help clients to know, like, and trust you. So let's talk about that for a minute. Well, so back in the day, um, and there are a few exceptions to this. Like, for example, you still want your doctor to have his medical degree, okay? So don't, don't let me uh, feel like I'm discounting some degrees are very, very mandatory. But for the most part, if you, for example, go out and you get a master's in business, you get an MBA, um, you know, that doesn't mean much in modern society. You can put it behind your name, but uh, people, you know, they're kind of, yeah, whatever that means. Whereas uh, when we are seen on ABC, NBC, CBS, or Fox, you know, being on the news, that's huge. Uh, when we have a book, that, that's cool, you know. People are excited about you being an author, but when you're a best-selling author, that immediately triggers something in the back of our brains, something that we've been programmed to believe has value um, and, um, and and it does because you know there's lots there's thousands upon thousands of books that come out every day and obviously not every single one of them is a bestseller uh, and so when you see that somebody is a best-selling author your brain inactively you know that subconscious part of your brain actually just immediately says oh well this person must know what they're talking about on that subject and in the end, the reason why that's important is because we buy from people that we know, like, and trust. Um, and I can prove that to you because every single person, I bet you you've had this happen to you, Marnie, where you've had something you need to get, something basic, you know, like milk from the store or something. And the person, the cashier, has been so rude to you that you've walked out without the item that you need. You know, you'll go to another store or whatever. Um, the same is true in reverse. You know, there are restaurants, uh, grocery stores, all kinds of things that we go to because of how the people make us feel. We like the atmosphere there. We like the people that are there. Those are the kind of people that ultimately um, are going to do business with us is because we make them feel like we're glad that they're there. Um, and then in the end, as a person, we buy from people that we know, like, and trust. Hmm. And there is so much about, um, it, with being on the news or being a best-selling author, there's so much social proof that goes there. And that's just huge for our culture today. It's so much bigger than, like you say, just having the credentials. Uh, people like to see that other people just like them <laughs> have valued what you've done. Yeah, absolutely. I, You know, it's the thing about it is, is, is that, we want to not feel alone. And 
what I've discovered in all these interviews that I'm doing with people is there's a similarity between us as people. We all have events that happen in our life. And regardless of how it feels to somebody from an outside perspective, in our life it's huge. Um, and the immediate human response to that is to internalize, to uh, you know, really actually be at a place where we don't communicate as much. We close ourselves off and we buy into a message that says, I'm the only person that's ever been through exactly what I'm going through. And so more than anything, what a book, what your story brings to a person is that connection. You all of a sudden, in the midst of the big thing for you, you can say, hey, wait a minute. There is somebody else that is going through or has been through what I've been through, and I'm not alone. And that connection, uh, no matter whether it's on social media, in a book, or one-on-one, -on -one, is what we all crave as people, what we need in order to, to exist as a human being. Hmm. That is so beautifully put. I love how you put that in. I mean, my, my brain starts already you know, clicking away at that because it's something that I've experienced myself. I just wish somebody would explain how I can blank, <laughs> you mm. know. Mm. And then you find you find the person who can do that and you just get really excited because, oh, yay, they understand what I need. Mm. Yeah. yeah, without that person uh, to connect to, we will just continue going in and in and in. And uh, part of the problem that we have in society is people who get to a place of despair to the point where they consider or do take their own life. Um, and it has to do with that pulling away that we do as people. And we need somebody to bring in a story that we can relate to so that we don't feel alone and can begin to come out of that darkness in our life. Wow. I just feel like for our listeners here who have a story that they've been wanting to share, but they don't know if they need to, you know, if it's important for them to tell it, you know, what you're saying right here is just huge. Uh, um, what a motivation. It, writing a book is a lot of work and uh, it's, you know, it's risky to be vulnerable and to put things in print that have only been in your head and in your heart. So I just love how you're explaining this need to have this uh, information out there. Um, in the in the reverse or the flip side of it, when someone writes a book and it becomes a bestseller, what does that do for them other than, you know, now more people can access the information and be encouraged by it? Well, the number one thing is is that we don't really feel complete as people until we are living 100% genuinely, authentically who we were created to be. Um, and so the number one thing that it does for you is that it allows you to live your full, complete purpose. Often we buy into a story that says something along the lines of, uh, you know, what I have to share isn't that big of a deal. And the thing about it is, is, is that each of us is made uniquely, individually special. There's nobody that's ever existed that's exactly like you and nobody that will. There are some amazing people, don't get me wrong. I, I know some amazing people, and they do a great job of doing them. But you know what they can't do is they can't be you. And the thing more than anything that a best-selling book does for you is it gives you the opportunity to really, truly just be yourself. 
And there's so much in society that tries to keep us away from that. You know, it's like, oh, no, 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 don't be that. You know, think about it as parents. How many times have you had to calm your kids down? You know, <laughs> and it's normal. I mean, there are times in society where we just can't go full out like what we want to. Um, but we need opportunities to be that genuinely authentic 100% ourselves. Um, and so that's, you know, that's one of the biggest things it does for you. Now, the other side to it is, is going back to like what we were talking about, uh, as far as credentialing goes, people will believe you. Um, the difference between the day before you are a best-selling author and the day after is literally night and day. You will find opportunities and people that are interested and want to hear from you that will, uh, you know, that wouldn't the day before. Not because you're not the same person, but just simply because you have that credential behind your name. <laughs> well, it reminds me as you're saying that. It reminds me. I mean, we own a, a retail store. And we have over 50,000 individual items in the store and then, you know, multiple sheets of each. And what we do is we just move a few items to an end cap or a display. And all of a sudden, those items that were in the store before, all of a sudden are featured and they start flying out the door because people can see them and find them. And they're in a different position than they were the day before when they were down in the aisle on the shelf somewhere. And it's the same kind of situation. You may have a book that could be bestseller quality but isn't a bestseller, and it will be lost in the stacks, in the racks, and in the stores, uh, whereas when you are a bestseller, it's true that it bubbles you up to a different position, and that position alone brings with it opportunities that you would miss otherwise. So when you when you think about that, when you think about that, how important is it like to – um, identify exact categories and things like that. Well, and some of that is the, the secret sauce, the pixie dust, if you will, that Kathy and I sprinkle on each book to make them become bestsellers. Perfect example is Lisa Nichols. Um, you know, she's been in the book of the movie, The Secret. She um, has really made a major impact on the world and continues to do so. Her latest book that came out in January is called Abundance Now. Um, you know, she sold tens of thousands of copies of it. In fact, uh, Harper Collins that published it had to go to three reprints faster than they have with any other author ever in history mm. uh, of them being a company. And they're a big publishing company. However, the category that Harper Collins put Lisa in happens to also be a category that Brene Brown has a book that she did a co-marketing joint marketing effort with, you know, Oprah. <laughs> And it's in book form and written form and hardback and paperback and audio. And there's like six different ways you can buy the book. So the first six uh, books or items, if you will, that are available in the category that Lisa's in are all Brene Brown. Not because Lisa's mm -hmm. book isn't awesome, but, you know, all of us wish we had the marketing effort of Oprah. And so Lisa's book, even though it's broken all kinds of records, will never be higher than number seven on Amazon's bestseller list because of the category that she was in. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it is so important and to understand these kind of things um before you before you decide which one your book is going to go in is so important. We're going to take a little break here and come right back and talk about how much easier it is to get published now than it's been before and why the boxes of books in your garage is a plague of the past. We'll be right back. 
Christian Women's Events. At womensevents.info, you can find events to attend. Learn how to plan amazing events for your group or publicize your own upcoming Christian women's events. It's all available to you at womensevents.info. Just click your state to find all the major women's events coming to your area or type in the month and year you'd like to attend an event to see all your options nationwide. It's that easy. If you want to promote an event, just click Add Event. Event publicity is available on a per-event basis or free to members. Finally, if you want to learn how to host awesome events, retreats, and well-attended conferences, click Event Planner Training. Once again, it's available a la carte or included in the membership. It's all online and here for you 24-7 anytime you have time at womensevents.info. That's www.womensevents.info. Welcome back. We're visiting today with Steve Kidd of WeHelpYouThrive.com about how to get your book to do well once it's published. And, of course, there's a difference between having a book out there and having people actually buy it and read it and enjoy it and getting the um, the visibility for your book that it deserves. So that's why Steve's here today. And, Steve, thank you so much for joining us. We're excited to have you here and kind of pick your brain about this topic. I know over the past several months you've helped over 100 people, over 100 authors become best-selling authors. So thanks for being here. Let's go ahead and talk about book publishing today versus the past. And, of course, my first book came out with St. Martin's Press in 1996, and I've had 12 books since then. So I'm really familiar with this. We've touched on it before, but why don't, from your perspective, just tell us what kind of some of the great differences are. Well, the number one has to do with technology. Uh, you probably, anybody listening, probably has a better printer sitting next to their computer on their desk <laughs> right. than what was available. You know, the computer that I'm, you know, talking through as as we record this would have been better than the servers that you know were were housing the entirety of the internet in the 90s. <laughs> um, right. You know, so that's a big piece of it. The uh, and what that's done is it's made it uh, more cost effective to be able to publish books. It used to be that you needed to have a book that was 250 to 300 pages long because there was a certain amount of pages that they had to have in order for the book to be worth it for them to even print. Uh, whereas now, you know, with with the availability of being able to do so many things with printing, uh, we have all kinds of options for that. Um, and then you throw in on top of that, of course, Amazon. And Amazon has gone out of their way to make the publishing just as easy as possible as it can be for you. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, there's there's such a big difference now. We wanted to touch on, you know, the difference between, you know, the boxes of books in the garage. Uh, because it used to be that you really did have to uh, pre-order quite a lot of books, especially if you were a self-publisher. But even, even with the uh, general publishing companies, you did order quite a few books at the beginning to have and to share. And now because of the digital world as well as the print-on-demand, you don't have to do that so much. In fact, uh, my publishers that I'm with, I mean, I can order one book at a time. It, it's just incredible to me that that's possible. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and in fact, I would even take it further and and tell everybody, uh, regardless of who helps you do your book, um, the first warning sign is a company who talks to you about how many books you need to pre-order as part of their mm. quote-unquote package. If they want you to get 500, 1,000, 2,000 books, or if they even tell you, you know, our cost is X, and that comes with 500 free copies of your book, um, that should be your first red flag as to you know, they either have not caught up with the times or they really are in the business of getting people to buy X number of books and not really in the publishing industry. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. And there are so many great places now that you can work with that you don't need to do one of those. So would you guys work with these people that you're helping um, become bestsellers? Are they published through many different publishers? Do you guys have a favorite one? What do you guys do? We always use Amazon. Um, Amazon has two versions of Amazon. KDP, which is Kindle Digital Publishing, is the digital version of it. And then they bought out a company called CreateSpace, um, which is print-on-demand. Um, so that gives you your book in the print version. Um, and anytime somebody goes onto Amazon and wants to buy the print copy of your book, uh, they will then print the book uh, when that order comes in, uh, when, until you get to a certain level. If, if you are consistently selling a certain number of books, then they will actually pre-print X number of them and have them in stock ready to go. Uh, you know, And that's kind of an advanced service they do for people who really are selling a lot of books. And have you found that books that are published through CreateSpace get better ranking on Amazon than books through Lightning Source or other places? Or is it simply because they are so easy to work with that you use them? Uh, both. Um, they are okay. extremely easy to work with. Um, they have built into their system your ability to get your Ingram uh, ISB, get into the Ingram catalog with your ISBN number that you get from them. Um, and uh, th that means that your book is going to be available in all the bookstores, all the universities, college, any place that a person buys the book, that's the catalog they buy it from. Um, so that that helps. Um, secondarily, the truth of the matter on the Internet is whatever company another company owns, there's a little bit of weight they're going to give to their stuff. That's why, you know, when you go on Google, you often get results that are YouTube videos because Google right. owns YouTube. I mean, why it knows what the content of that is because it's their content. Well, right, and there's an advantage to pointing people to your own stuff. There is something in it for you, and that goes back to the first question is what's in it for me. <laughs> so, yeah, well, a, and the number one thing, yeah, you have to keep in mind, really, Amazon is a search engine. So Google is a search engine for information. It's, it, it's a search engine for information seekers. Amazon is a search engine for buyers. People are looking to buy something. They go to Amazon's search engine to find the product that they want to buy. Um, in both of those cases, relevancy is all that you know, all that they want. They want to be as relevant as possible with the result that they bring you. So that when you do a search for, you know, I'm looking for, um, you know, a book on auto mechanics, you don't get five results that are, you know, how to, um, you know, sail around the world. Right, right, yeah. And they have become amazingly efficient at getting you exactly what you want. 
Yeah. Right down to I love the I love the thing that they have underneath too, and I don't know if you guys tap into this in your marketing, but the ones you know books recently purchased or viewed by this buyer as well. You know, if they look at this book, they've also looked at those books, and that's a lot of times where I I see a book. Oh, this wasn't quite the book I wanted, but here it is. Down here is the one that more um, quickly addresses it, and I love I love all the things that are available to us now as far as helping us find what mm-hmm. we need. Well, and that's one of the other little secret sauces that come in. So when we publish your book, we've published a whole bunch of other books. So, um, you know, when we bring out the next book, it's going to show people who are interested in this book also bought. And it's Mm going to show your book because, you know, it went through our same program. Yeah, yeah, love it, love it, love it, love it. Well, we're going to take a little break and come right back and we're going to talk about uh, influence, how to judge your actual influence and are you legit, and also how to get your information found and not lost inside your book, and what to do if you don't even have time to write a book, but you've got a book that you need written, we'll come right back. Womenspeakers.com is the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, featuring over 1,700 women speakers from every experience level, denomination, and fee range, some near you. Visit womenspeakers.com to find the perfect speaker for your next event or to get training to be a speaker, author, or media personality. All training and connections occur online anytime you have time. Find a speaker, add a speaker, or become a speaker at www.womenspeakers.com. an author or do you know someone who would like to see their book published as soon as possible? Join us at Marnie.com for author training. You will learn how to write it well, get great graphics, attract an agent, format it for e-readers, get good reviews, connect with libraries, and market via media. All over at the author training at Marnie.com. Check it out today. Welcome back. This is Marnie Swedberg, and we're visiting today with Steve Kidd on the topic of how to make your big next book big. And uh, Steve, we are going to go ahead now and talk a little bit about something that probably most authors have questioned or doubted or feared about themselves at some point in the process of writing or publishing a book, and that is, am I really legit? Should I be writing this book? Is this my book to write? Should somebody else be doing this? Should I even be thinking about this? So will you address that question? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So there is nobody that can tell your story. Um, So there's a couple of different ways that we can take this. Number one, my grandfather was an amazing minister, uh, but now he's passed. And there's about one cassette tape that I know of in existence that has his actual words on it. It's a horrible loss to all of the world, but especially to us as his family. So from the very smallest point of things, you want your voice, your words to continue on for your family for generation after generation. That's that's a small end of things. The other side of the thing, the, the big side of it, goes back to what we were talking about before. People need connections from you, and there's nobody that can share your story like you can share it. I, I can tell you stories of people that I've ran into, but um, you know, wouldn't you rather hear about 
the story from them. You know, I mean, Lisa Nichols talks all the time about when she had not enough money in her bank account to be able to buy diapers for her son when he was three. Um, and and I could tell you the story, but I can tell you also that to hear Lisa tell the story is way better than my repeating it. To you. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Well, and I always tell people when, you know, when God strung together your three billion base pair of DNA, he did it in a particular way. You are the only you there will ever be. Even if you're talking about the same subject that other people have talked to death about, you are going to see it and understand it in a unique way. And there are going to be others who need to hear that perspective. So as you are working with, as you're working with authors and maybe want to be authors, how do you actually... um, help them to judge their influence, their actual influence? Well, the influence is going to come from a lot of different ways. Um, You know, number one, your influence is going to be uh, based out of those credentialing if you share it. So making you a best-selling author doesn't do you any good if you don't share it with the world. Um, you know, kind of like if you light a candle and you stick a basket over top of it, you're not going to get a whole lot of light in the room. <laughs> um, but the other way of measuring your influence is just purely, uh, you know, through tracking what's happening. We should be tracking what we're doing. Um, so before you become a best-selling author, you're going to have a certain level of credentialing of speaking engagements that you've been invited to, podcasts you've been on, those kind of things. When you lead with, I am a best-selling author, and I'd like to talk to you about my, um, you will see doors open. I, I, I've never seen anybody who, when they did that, didn't, uh, you know, didn't find that it gave them all kinds of bigger openings and more results. From that, a perfect example is the opt-in that everybody has on their website. You know, do this, and I'll give you my free whatever. Um, imagine if you change the verbiage of your opt-in from "get my five free best things how to be awesome" to "get my best-selling book, five things for you to learn how to be awesome." Which one would you rather have—a best-selling book or just you know <laughs> some of these five things? Right, exactly, of course, the bestseller, because that makes me, like everybody else that I know and love and trust, smart. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's back to it's back to that social proof again, because if, if everybody else says it's good, it must be good. And so we're kind of built to, um, built to look for that and to value that so much. Well, and I can so give awesome. you a more technological explanation if you want to. Um, Google, everybody wants to be ranked on Google. You know, I don't care whether you're talking 1999, 2000 when they came out or right here now in 2016 when you and I are talking. Everybody wants to know Google's secret mystery. It's made up of three things. What does your website say that it says it has in it? What does it actually have in it? And then the number one most important things, what do people that Google already trusts say that you say you have on your thing? So how do they find the last one, the people Google trust? Where is that? Is that from, uh, from well, like, five-starring it or? Well, so Google has their top, you know, you search anything, you're going to have the top ten results come up. Um, mm-hmm. And there are a lot of websites, like, for example, Amazon. 
um, you know, has a lot of content that's already on Google. And so they know, I can trust that if, if Amazon says they have a book sure. on X, that Amazon actually has that book. You know, it's not Joe's uh, you know, Joe's web page, it's Amazon. You know, they've right. they've done enough linking back and forth from it that they know they can count on that content being there. Um, and so then when Amazon says about you, Joe's website, um, that you legitimately have information on how to be, you know, the best plumber in the world, and Amazon says this person really does actually have very legitimate information on how to be the best plumber in the world. Google says, well, you know, we, we trust Amazon. Therefore, we give more trust and credence to Joe's website because of the recommendation of somebody. It's, it's the same as what happens yeah. in our regular life. You know, somebody comes right. up to you and says, hey, what's a great restaurant to go to? If you really like them and trust them, you're going to take their word for it. Whereas if somebody off the street just says, oh, yeah, you should go there, you know, you may or may not. Yeah, absolutely. And, and of course, the more you trust the person who's talking to you, the more you're likely to follow up on their tip. Now, what about the person who totally they're listening and they're like, you know, I so – I know I need to get this message out. I know I need to get this book written. I cannot do it. I just have been trying or I've been thinking about it for years. I just can't get to it, but I know I need to do it. Listening is confirming that. What do you say to that person? How how would they go about actually getting a book written that they didn't have time to write themselves? Well, first thing I would say to them is, perfect, you're exactly who we're looking for. <laughs> Kathy and I, have <laughs> we've developed a system. Um, you know, you heard some of my credentials earlier. I've been a minister most all of my life. You know, I, basically the, all the credentials boil down to Steve's talking too much anyway. <laughs> and um, what, what we've done is created a system so that you can show up to about an hour conversation with me. And at the end of that conversation, I can actually read you back your book. Then our crew takes it from there and we edit it. We, uh, you know, create the cover, all of that stuff for it. We, of course, give it back to you so that you can see it before we publish it. But then we publish it on your behalf. We do it in your create space, your KDP account. So all the commissions are yours. Um, and we just do that because we love working with busy people. Because what we know is, is that the busy people are the ones that have the best, juiciest information to share with the world. And so we want to help them get out there and change the world. Okay, well, first of all, I have interviewed I don't know how many people. And that's like the best sales pitch I ever heard because it's not a sales pitch. It's just like exactly what every person wants to hear you say. <laughs> it's amazing. Okay, so I'm going to pick this apart just a little bit here. So you have a system, actually, because that's a pretty amazing um, claim there that in a one-hour conversation, you can get a whole book. So that it seems like that would be impossible. So help me understand how that could even be possible. Well, um, I have developed a process. We actually have a free webinar that we do that is write your book in one-hour webinar, and we can out of that – uh, most people will leave with either their book or at the very least a very good outline for their book from that webinar, um, from some stuff that we developed over the years. What I do in the, in the, in the interview is I just get you talking. I just like, I love to have conversations. And so 
I ask you a question. Now, I have a purpose behind the question I ask, but I really just ask it as a conversation, and I'm frantically taking notes, uh, you know, typing. So you'll hear me typing in the background in that interview. Um, And then at the end of that time, I use my unique God-given gift to be able to string together the things that you've said and create it into a book. And then from there, we take all of that recording, that whole entire hour, my read back all the things you've said, and our editors and ghostwriters take it, and they create a book that is in your voice. So it literally becomes a book that can sound and read very much as though you're just talking in a person's ear. Wow, that is so amazing. Well, I want to jump ahead then to a question that we were going to tackle later, but I think it has to be addressed right here because... I've written mostly full-size books. I've written a couple, um, you know, 30 or 40-page e-books, but mostly I've written 250, you know, full-size books. And so you you actually talk about how to define a short read book and why they are most effective. So can you address that at this point? So if Amazon was a third party on this call with us right now, Amazon would say they need more short reads. Short reads is a category they created, but if you think about it, back in the day when we had 45s or single cassette tapes, it had a song on it. Same kind of concept. (laughs) Okay. What a short read does is rather than um, worrying about how many pages it needs to be, it takes a particular point, makes it very clear, and then gives a person a specific action that they can take from that book. So they've broken their category of short reads into books that you can read under 15 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour, hour and a half, and two hours. Um, and, and they've identified as essentially how many pages for the average person that would be. It's going to end up being under two hours is basically a book under 100 pages. Um, and that's Kindle pages. So those are actually not full eight and a half by eleven. You know, they're print pages. Um, sure. And uh, the thing about it is, I'll give you a great example. There is a book. I encourage everybody to get this. This is not my book. Okay. <laughs> the book is called Marketing in Nine Hundred Ninety Nine Words. The book is literally nine hundred ninety nine words. Yeah. Okay. You can read it waiting, you could practically read it waiting for a stop sign, to, a stoplight to change. I mean, it's really short. <laughs> but it may literally be the most impactful, effective book on marketing that I've ever wow. read in my life. Huh. And it's That's sold, amazing. It sold thousands upon thousands of copies, and it is a New York Times best-selling book. Huh. Okay, so this is so fascinating. I'm I'm just intrigued. I just have not really thought about this side of the marketing thing at all, and I've been doing this for years and years. So let's talk to the listener who says, okay, now I have several things that I can talk about, but I maybe, I mean, I maybe could come up with five or even more of these little books. So what would you say to that person? Well, um, what it usually goes the other direction. A person has been working forever and ever on this book. A great friend of ours, Christy, who just brought out her first book, she's a school teacher. She was working on a book called 47 Things They Don't Teach You in School. Um, mm-hmm. And the question Kathy immediately had for her is, well, what if the question as a parent I have is number 25? 
how do I find number 25? It goes back to understanding how search engines work. So if you went into Google and you were looking for the answer to what's in Chapter 10 of Marnie's book, Mm-hmm. Google can't present you back and say, you need to buy Marnie's book because Chapter 10 has exactly the answer you're looking for. However, if Marnie did a book that is based off of the content in Chapter 10, then Google can come back and say, yeah, there's a book right here that is written. The whole entire book is about the answer to that question. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So do you recommend that people write many shorter books then? Absolutely. I I recommend everybody that your book is probably – the book that you think you should have been publishing is probably a series. And I've even worked with some authors, including myself, who have taken their big 10, 20, 15-chapter book um, and broken it into a whole series of, of 10 or 15 books. Wow. And then when when these books come out, so can you maybe can you give us a like if we went to Amazon right now and tried to find some of these short read books, what would be we be looking for? Um, so if you go to Amazon um, and you go to on the left hand side um, is all well, or you can even go at the top left hand side. There's all departments, and you scroll down, you go to uh, Kindle and eBooks. So in the ebook section, um, without getting real deep into how to navigate sure. Amazon, um, sure. in the ebook section, there is, or I should say in the Kindle store section, make sure I, I said that right, um, there are about five or six different sections of that. Um, one of those is ebooks, which just is going to present you every ebook that they have listed. Another one is short reads. Um, and they actually have another section that they've also done now. They've uh, ripped it out and called it singles, which is books that are even shorter than that, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, and uh, and so you click on short reads, and then it gives you the option of books that you can read in, and it tells you how many pages in, you know, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, 45, et cetera. Um, and you can drill down into each of those sections, and then it has the same categories as would be in the overall, um, you know, Kindle ebook section. So, and what you're saying, what I think I understood you to say was even one of these short reads can become a New York Times bestseller. Absolutely. In fact, um, Seth Godin, uh, who has written somewhere in the neighborhood of about 20 books that are under 100 pages, um, like eight or 10 of them are New York Times bestsellers. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. And And do they need to be in print format as well as? Um, in e-format in order to be considered that? In order to be printed, a book does need to be at least 28 pages long. Now, keep in mind, when you do a print book, there are, and go look at any book on your shelf, there are blank pages in books that are in print. Sure. Um, And so that 28 pages does include the blank pages, the page that has your copyright on it, the title page, all of that has to be at least a total of 28 pages in order to be uh, in order to be printable. Well, and that's such a big difference because years ago, I remember I came out with a book and it was I think 108 pages and it was too small to have a spine. So in like the library, you couldn't see what the name of the book was on the back of the jacket because the yeah. spine wasn't big enough. You know, so having a book that's now can be considered a print book. For 28 pages, I mean, that's really incredible 
That's a huge change. Well, this is Marty Fudberg. We're talking today with Steve Kidd of WeHelpYouThrive.com. And uh, we're going to come right back and talk about how to become a best-selling author. We'll be right back. Online training, instant access, increase your skills in the minutes you have. Right now at WomenSpeakers.com, you can take it to the next level with online training including specific instructions, tips, and strategies to increase your knowledge, skill sets, and earning potential as an author, speaker, media guest, manager, women's ministry leader, or event planner. Pick your area of interest and get going today. The training sets at WomenSpeakers.com include over 24 modules, each 60 minutes long, focusing on practical, doable, and easy-to-implement next steps in your particular field of interest. You can purchase each set individually or join to gain instant and ongoing access to them all for one low price. Get online training today at WomenSpeakers.com. That's www.WomenSpeakers.com. Welcome back. This hour is flying by. I'm so happy to have you with us today, as well as our guest, Steve Kidd of WeHelpYouThrive.com. And Steve and his wife, Kathy, work together and have helped over 100 people in the last five months become best-selling authors. So we're talking today about how to make your next book big. Steve, thanks so much for being here. Um, excited to end this program here. We have about 15 minutes left, and I wanted us to talk about what are some of the steps that people should take if they want to really become a best-selling author? And I hope that you'll start with ideation, like how to narrow down the big scheme of, you know, all these things I could talk about to the one or two things that someone should focus on first. Sure, let's start there. So you are on a plane or waiting for a plane or in a doctor's office, someplace you're going to be for 10 minutes to an hour, and somebody sits down next to you, and you you strike up a conversation, and you know in the conversation that you can help them, um, but you know you only have time to share with them one thing. What is that one thing that you know that you know that you have to share with the world? Mm-hmm. That's the place to start. Now, I'm not saying there aren't, there aren't a whole bunch of other books that are going to come after that, but you want to start from the core, the absolute center of the passion of who you were created to be. That is so beautiful. And for the person who says, oh, my goodness, that just depends on who I'm with because I've got several things like that, that's not a bad sign. Well, and the truth is, is is that there are similarities regardless of who you're with. Um, I had this conversation the other day with somebody. She's like, she's like, well, how does the fact that when my kids are around, I'm constantly telling them, you need to clean your room. You need to clean your room. I was like, well, you probably are not going to write a book called You Need to Clean Your Room, <laughs> you know, even though as a mom you're saying it all the time. Um, but the reason why you're telling them they need to clean their room and other conversations that you have that aren't about cleaning your room, um, also if you really take it down deeper, one step deeper, you find that there's a core of you that believes. There are people who don't have clean houses. Right. You know, following in that example, because it's just not right. important to them. I'm not saying that as as a critique. It's just that's not something that's on their sure. radar. But for you, it okay. is. Um, and that becomes a clue as to what the real true center of you, who you are is. Hmm. That's so cool. 
So when you begin your conversation with someone who, I guess I'm going to back up a question first here. When people come to you, um, do they usually come knowing that they want you to help them write a book, or do they usually come looking for marketing advice? Um, you know, we do have a lot of people now that, that are coming to us that want to become bestsellers because, you know, we've done 100 books in the last five months. Um, but uh, we've had lots of conversations with people who, you know, they didn't know what they were doing. And as a marketing company, often the conversation starts as marketing. Um, you know, we will tell you, and I'll give this to you for free. If you're going to be a company, you need to, number one, identify specifically who your customer is, and then you need a way to connect with them. And you need for them to see you as credible and somebody that they know, like, and trust. So if you do those three things, that is like the foundation. The You're not going to have a business until you have them kind of principles. Yeah. So once you once you establish that they need something to help with the credibility side, then then it's going back and finding out what is that piece that's going to be the most useful for them. Yeah, absolutely. And don't yeah. worry about it if um, if you're not sure. I've literally had people come to the call that's like, should we reschedule? I haven't planned at all. And uh, Val is a perfect <laughs> example. She came to the call. She said, Steve, let's reschedule. I haven't had any time to deal with it. I said, let's just try the interview and see what happens. We were on the phone about an hour and 15 minutes. Three and a half weeks later, her book came out. It was a number one bestseller in three different categories. And within the course of the first five days, she booked $27,000 of new business for the next year. Yeah. I love that example. That's such a that's such a clear example of the difference between how things used to be and how things are now. I mean, three and a half weeks, honestly, because it used to take a year and a half once the publisher got a hold of your material to, you know, have any hope of seeing it hit a bookstore or something. And then to have something and, and what was the price of her book selling for? Um, her book in digital sold for two ninety nine and in print sold for nine ninety nine. That's just incredible, isn't it? So um, there is something that someone told me, and this isn't my experience with Amazon, but someone had had said that she's actually losing money selling books on Amazon. Have you ever heard anybody say that, and what are they referring to? Well, absolutely. I mean, because you can buy ads on Amazon. Um, you could price yourself below. There is a certain cost for create space that it costs for them to do the book. Especially if you have color images inside of your book, you know, it's about three times as more uh more expensive to do a book with color pages inside of it as it is black and white. Okay. Um and so if you, for example, have a hundred ish page book that you're doing in print um, and you priced that at $5 and it's color on the inside, it's going to cost you about six and a half bucks to have that book made. So you'd be losing a dollar on every book. Not saying that isn't necessarily good for marketing. You know, that would be a, a whole nother radio interview as to why you'd want to do that. But it is possible to do. Okay. Well, that makes more sense to me because it hasn't been my experience to lose money on Amazon. So um, <laughs> I was curious how somebody could possibly do that. But if you priced it wrong, that would be um, that would be a possibility. So, Steve, we have about 10 more minutes here, and I'm not quite sure where to go. You've covered so much ground. I know people can find out more about you over at wehelpyouthrive.com. 
if you're talking to a person who's like really excited about this and is like, I have a book, I, I think I want to go work with them, um, what other kinds of things can you give them right now that they can be thinking about or doing prior to um, praying to connecting you with you or just as they're thinking about possibly their future? Well, the number one resource that we've created for people, um, you can get to by going to bestsellersguild.com. There's links to that from our site as well, but it's just bestsellersguild.com. Um, it's a free Facebook group, um, and that in that we have a whole bunch of resources. You just ask to join. We'll invite you in, uh, and you can go through and you can begin to look at. We have a workshop that's available on there. We do them live about once a month or so uh, so that you can go through and do the one-hour writing your book workshop but you can also watch the replay in there. You can begin to associate with and have conversations with other artists, both ones that are working on their book as well as folks that have already become best-selling authors. We've even got a couple of people in the group that have had somewhere between three to five bestsellers already in the last five, six months. Hmm. That's amazing. Have you had some books? Uh, I, I'm not saying this to um, cut it down, but just have, just keep it into um, reality for people. Have you had some books that came out that didn't make bestsellers? We have. We in fact actually guarantee that your book will be a bestseller. Now I will quantify that. Amazon's bestseller list is a top 100 list. Okay, so when I say bestseller, it means that you're in the top 100 in your category. Um, and so we have had a 100% success ratio with that. And I'll tell you that we have somewhere in the neighborhood of about a 90% success ratio of making a person number one in at least one of the categories they're in. That goes back to what we were talking about before. Knowing the categories and knowing what category you can get into makes a huge amount of difference in your ability to be effective in your category. Yeah. I love it. And it, it is just such a, I, I know after one of my books became a bestseller and it was such a wonderful moment. It was like, wow, after all these years of working so hard and writing so many books, one of them became a bestseller. And it was fun to have that experience. I just think it is something that if you're going to do all the work of writing it and putting it together anyway, um, it is fun to see that happen. Now, do you ever do, do you ever work with people on longer books or are you mostly doing the short reads? Oh, yeah. Um, Carl Michael has a book that's called Hip Hop 365. It's about 450 pages. Um, it is a 365-day. Uh, it actually takes uh, lyrics from hip hop songs and um, brings them into motivational and transformational kind of issues in your life. And each one of the days is, is about a page long. And then there's a whole bunch of uh, art that he actually did himself that's in the book as well as wow. other things like that. Um, and so we helped him with that. He's actually gotten to see President Obama uh, because of the success of his book. Um, yeah, that's so funny. And, and several others that are, you know, so sometimes the book you have, you know, like Joan Randall uh, has a book that's called 90 Days to a Victorious You. And, you know, it's impossible to do a 90-day book in less than 100 pages. Right, <laughs> you know? right, and so, right, exactly. Uh, sometimes your book just needs to be longer than that, and that's fine. Okay, cool. That's great. And how about for the person who um, who has a manuscript that's pretty close to ready now? You I know described how you help someone who doesn't have anything. Uh, for someone who feels like their manuscript is getting close to ready, um, what would their process look like with you? 
Well, there's two options. Number one, we do have people that come with us. They're, the writing part of their book is done. Um, and so our editors can take it and proof it for them and make sure that it's uh, you know ready to go. We, we really don't over-edit your book. There are some editing companies that will go back to college rule with it, and by the time you get your book back, it doesn't sound like you at all. Um, we're just basically looking at uh, sentence tenses, verbs, those kind of things to make sure that it reads right. Um, and, and then we'll format it and we can take the ball basically from fully written. Um, if you have it partially done, I've had people call me on the phone and say, hey, I have it all written out, but I don't even know how to type. And they've read their whole book <laughs> to me. Um, oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, you know, so I, I did one actually just last week where she had the first half of her book written and the outline for the rest of it. And so um, wow. we just started from where she was. And, um, you know, we, we when need be, I asked her some questions on that outline um, and, and we went from there. Wow. So help us understand is in the ballpark, is this like remortgage your home or buying a new car or um, a couple weeks worth of groceries, or what are we looking at? Well, and <laughs> keeping, in mind, <laughs> keeping in mind, podcasts are evergreen, so don't call me next year and say I right. heard on Marnie's show. But exactly. currently, our authority package, which includes an interview on my show, um, the entirety of your book, all the way to bestseller, a press release that gets you uh, seen on ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox. Um, all of the editing, all of the cover, everything is 1997. 1997. Just amazing, Steve. That is just incredible. Well, you guys, you have heard a lot of content here today that should uh, inspire you. If you have a book inside of you uh, that's been burning to get out, I encourage you to go over to WeHelpYouThrive.com. And if you're just wanting to put your toe in the water and maybe just check out that one hour to write your own book, go over to bestsellersguild.com. And Steve, before we leave, maybe you can tell us about a couple of the books that you've written yourself. Um, So my first book was an accident. (laughs) I was (laughs) writing a opt-in for a website. Um, and by the time I was done with it, it was over 100 pages long already. Um, and then when we got done editing it and uh, uh, the forward and all of that, it's it's much longer than that. Um, that book was called um, 10 Things You Must Have to Succeed in Life and Business. Um, and it's actually in the process of being republished as, as a 10-book series uh, called Thriving Entrepreneur, uh, the Thriving Entrepreneur series, uh, the first book in that series called Passion uh, and Following Your Passion is, is is coming out soon. Prior to that, Kathy and I actually had the number one best-selling book on Amazon, well, anywhere actually, as a tour guide for the movie Twilight. Um, we actually lived in the city of St. Helens, which is where a whole bunch of the scenes were filmed, and we had a retail store. Her and my daughter uh, did a fun Twilight mother-daughter trip. They blogged about it. The blog grew into a book, and it became not only a bestseller, but actually, you know, number one in its category for, I I still actually make profits off of it. Every single month I get a little tiny deposit into my account from that book. That's awesome. Huh. 
That is so cool. Well, these are great ideas, and this is going to be, I know, one of our most popular shows ever as people dig in here and understand what you're saying. And I am just excited to know about this and to be able to share it. Steve, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, absolutely. It was my pleasure. I I love uh, talking to people about their books and helping them share people with the world. That's just awesome, and you guys can learn more over at WeHelpYouThrive.com. Steve, thank you so much. 